0: Today on Retirement News for the week ending uh, Friday, August 20th, Americans fear retirement. Oregon eliminates high school graduation testing requirements. We've got crypto news, listener mail, and a brief obituary on the 50th anniversary of our U.S. departure from the gold standard. So let's get started. First up, 40% of Americans fear retirement. Okay, so I found an interesting article uh, on Yahoo Finance, and the headline was 40% of Americans fear retirement more than death. Here's why. So, with a headline like that, I had no choice but to dig in. And in this article, they cite a recent survey. Uh, By a company called Zeti. And no, I haven't heard of Zeti either. And it turns out it's like a resume builder career website. Anyway, so why are so many people afraid of retirement? Well, 87% of the respondents fear a lack of income in retirement. Okay, I think that's a valid fear. And get this 44% of men and 36% of women overall fear retirement more than death. Now, personally, I would have thought that those numbers would have been switched with more women fearing retirement than men, because after all, you women are going to be living a lot longer than us guys. Well, maybe not a lot longer, but definitely longer. Um, But either way, I thought those numbers were interesting. Now, another uh, factor as to how much people fear retirement is their age. So only 33% of respondents' over the age of 39 feared retirement more than death, but 52% of those younger than 39 did. Okay, so there's more, there's more tidbits in the article, and I'll, uh, I'll put a link in the show notes, but there was one piece of editorial I want to share, and that uh, was from a guy named Jacques Buffett, who's a, quote, career advice expert at Zeddy, and that is, if you personally fear retirement more than death, you need to start taking steps to ease that anxiety. Quote, it's surprisingly simple. We'd suggest taking three steps to mitigate some of the most common fears about retirement. And those three steps were plan, prepare, and seek knowledge. So you, awesome listener, are doing it right by listening to this podcast. Keep learning, keep seeking knowledge, and keep your retirement plan at the top of mind, like Snoop Dogg got my mind on my money and my money on my mind. Anyway, I have a link to that article if you're interested in it. I found it quite interesting. Anyway, next up, a little news tidbit from my home state, the land of make-believe, a place where good intentions rule and logic is uh, essentially oppression. Uh, Now, this news actually came out about a week ago, but last week's uh, news episode got a little bit long, so I bumped it to this week. Um, The following, I'm going to just read from a Wall Street Journal opinion piece about this new legislation here in Oregon. So, it begins. Why didn't we think of that? politicians and school officials in Oregon are embarrassed that too many minority children fail tests designed to confirm they've mastered the quote essential skills that high school is meant to teach. So in the name of racial equity, they've now done the progressive thing. Instead of lifting graduation rates by boosting student performance, they're eliminating the proficiency requirement. The new law extends until 2024 a temporary suspension of the state requirement that kids demonstrate proficiency in reading, writing, and math in order to graduate from high school. Previously, in addition to demonstrating proficiency via Oregon's assessment of knowledge and skills test, students had the option of taking other standardized tests or submitting a work project to teachers. The new legislation gives the state's Department of Education until 2022 to write new standards. So why am I sharing this? Well, mainly because I think it's both interesting and sad. I've witnessed uh, a couple online debates about the egregiousness of this decision, and the defenders had the balls to say things like, you know, the, the, they still have to pass their classes, so nothing's really changed except getting rid, rid of the old racially biased standardized testing. And the people are really serious about defending this decision, which I I I can't imagine. So have you heard the term, the soft bigotry of low expectations? Now, I don't have kids, so I don't usually get upset about these kind of things. But, you know, this one disturbed me because, you know, at some point I'm likely going to be in assisted living or something like it. And the people who are in high school today that are going to come out illiterate and unable to do basic math are going to be the ones running the facility that I'm going to be stuck in, you know, looking for looking out for my meds and cleaning up after me. It's it's frightening to think about. Anyway, a link to the Wall Street Journal article uh, is in the show notes. So it's it's definitely an interesting read. Next up, want to buy your next house with Bitcoin? Well, pretty soon you're going to be able to. This week, the nation's second largest mortgage lender, after Quicken Loans, uh, announced that it's planning to accept cryptocurrencies for home loans. Quote, we've evaluated the feasibility and we're looking forward to being the first mortgage company in America to accept cryptocurrency to satisfy mortgage payments. Uh, and that was uh, CEO Matt Ishba uh, said that in the company's second quarter earnings call on Monday. So they're going to start with Bitcoin. And they hope to be able to start accepting it in Q3 of this year. So that's 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 pretty much right now. And they're evaluating other cryptocurrencies like Ether to possibly accept down the line. Now, this isn't really earth-shattering news, but I think it's, again, it's something that's interesting and it's worth talking about. Because every time an announcement like this happens, we get closer to the point where Bitcoin is considered a legit medium of exchange. And I think we can all agree that it's pretty much already a store of value and a legit one at that. But these uh, adoption announcements, as they come through, well, I, I just think it's exciting and it furthers us to this point in time when Bitcoin is gonna be a legit medium of exchange. So speaking of adoption, I saw an interesting little graphic today and it said that Bitcoin now has over 130 million users which is similar to what the internet had in 1997. Now there's, there's all kind of adoption curves out there and charts, so take the following information with a grain of salt. But one chart that I found shows Bitcoin price over time kind of superimposed over the internet adoption curve. And anyway, Bitcoin adoption is moving faster than the internet did. Their internet adoption did so. The people who put this chart together, which, by the way, um, is someone called Kane C A N E Research, um, they imply that based on the current trend, will be at a hundred thousand dollar Bitcoin level by late twenty twenty three ish, and at million dollar Bitcoin by late twenty thirty one. So that's kind of cool. Again, take it with a grain of salt, but, uh, and don't quote me on it, but I have no idea what their methodology is. But I've also heard that um, the compound annual growth rate since inception for Bitcoin is 200%. So if that were to continue, we're looking at some serious insanity in the future. And so keep your eyes on it. Now, if you haven't bought any crypto yet, I strongly, I don't necessarily recommend that you get into investing in it or uh, speculating in it, but I do think that you should start familiarizing yourself with it. And, And you can do that by opening a BlockFi account. Now, if you click the link in the show notes and open your BlockFi account, by doing so, you'll be entering a big new world, you're gonna get no fee trading, okay? Uh, you've If if you already are in Coinbase, you know that they charge uh, some pretty hefty fees. Um, but, and you're also with BlockFi, you'll get interest on your crypto. I'm getting a nice easy 4% on my Bitcoin and Ether on BlockFi, which is awesome. And uh, by using the link in the show notes to sign up for your BlockFi account, you'll be supporting this show and I'll love you for it. So thank you in advance. But also if you're like me and you have used Coinbase for your crypto, I highly recommend opening this BlockFi account, especially if you're gonna use it to hold any amount of Bitcoin or ether or whatnot. And that's because BlockFi, like I said, pays you interest on that crypto. You get 4% for Bitcoin and Ethereum, which, and this accrues daily. So you can see how much you've made month to date, and then they deposit the interest payment at the end of the month, uh, which is kind of fun to watch. Anyway, enough about BlockFi. If you sign up through the link uh, in the show notes, I will really appreciate it. Now, next up, I've got some listener mail. Uh, The other day I got an email uh, through the Rogue Retirement Lounge inquiry form. And by the way, did you know that you can ask questions or give me feedback at rogueretirementlounge.com? Well, now you do. Anyway, here's the message. So I just stumbled on your podcast and listened to a first episode today. I listened to the one where you began with the eviction moratorium. By the way, I am an attorney and I know some interesting ways around it, which I would be happy to discuss with you. Um, Side note here real quick, my shitbag tenant in Detroit finally moved out. And thankfully, Tom, I don't need any legal help. Um, But by the way, that dude trashed my house. It is not pretty. And my shitty property manager continues to do nothing. Um, so anyway, have I mentioned that you need to email me before you buy a turnkey property in the Detroit area? Please do not buy in the Detroit area until you've talked to me. I can tell you, uh, the company who I worked with and therefore I can save you a ton of heartache. Anyway, back to this message. Uh, He's, he goes on. Anyway, your comment about being long on gold struck me as wrong. Sorry. Of course, gold should go up with inflation being off the chart, and it isn't. Why not? Well, for one thing, and the main thing, the price is being manipulated. Yeah, I know, sounds like paranoia. Conspiracy theory, right? Consider this. At the SIBO, that's the Chicago Board of Uh, options exchange. They can trade gold futures contracts all day long, but they don't have to cover with physical gold, unlike a soybean or corn or coffee or lumber contract. So they are totally manipulated and there's evidence of hundreds of paper shorts being issued when the gold price gets too high. This drives the price of physical gold down. How could they manipulate and create a fraud on such a massive scale? Well, who remembers LIBOR, Uh, trillions stolen by manipulating the interest rates for decades. This is why I'm long in crypto. I like BTC, that's Bitcoin, uh, Ether, ADA, which is Cardano, and Luxo. And for fun, Shiba Inu. You too can be a Shiba millionaire for the price of a cup of coffee. Tom. Okay, Tom, thank you for the message. And you're right about the SIBO's ability to manipulate the gold price. And I'm aware that it goes a lot further than that. As you know, the COMEX and, and even the central banks are molesting the gold and silver prices. And for me, I just had this belief that the suppression could not outmuscle the impending inflation numbers. But so far... Even though we're staring some crazy inflation straight in the face, gold just keeps languishing there at that 1800 ish level um, when technically it should go through the roof. Uh, And as I mentioned when I emailed you back, Tom, if you listen to more shows, I've definitely jumped into crypto. I've been dollar-cost averaging my way out of most of my metals holdings, and I truly believe... The economic environment we're currently trading water in is a strong case for crypto. Long-term buy and hold crypto. I'm not doing the trading and also I'm not doing the Luxo or Shiba Inu yet, but I'm definitely with you on Bitcoin and Ether. So thank you for the message, Tom, and please keep listening, I do appreciate it. And for everyone else, if you hear me say something dumb or just maybe something you disagree with, please send me a note, or better yet, go to my website, rogueretirementlounge.com and click the Send Matt a voicemail tab on the side. Uh, You can read me the riot act or tell me I'm awesome, and either way, I'll put it on an episode. And uh, finally for today, it was 50 years ago this month, that President Richard M. Nixon took us off the gold standard. So as of uh, August of 1971, the value of the dollar was no longer fixed to gold. Nixon took gold from its price of what was $35 at the time and ended direct convertibility of dollars into gold by foreign governments and central banks. So why did he do that? Well, there were a lot of reasons, but one of the best reasons was that our friends in France said, fuck you. Uh, Back in 1965, Charles de Gaulle, the French president at the time, announced that he was going to exchange France's U.S. dollar reserves for gold Uh, At the official exchange rate, France sent their Navy across the Atlantic to pick up their reserves of gold that were uh, stored over here. And after that, other countries followed suit and did the same thing. So this way reduced the U.S. gold stock and in turn reduced U.S. economic influence. So Nixon decides to unilaterally end convertibility of the dollar to gold on August fifteenth, 1971. Now, this was originally positioned as a temporary measure, uh, but the dollar ended up becoming a permanently a floating fiat money measured only by comparing it to other fiat currencies and remains so to this day. So Back in uh, episode 12, I talked a lot about inflation and how our CPI, Consumer Price Index, understates it. Well, according to the understated CPI data released by the Bureau of Labor Statistics, the dollar has lost more than 80% of its value since we left the gold standard. And now, with new inflation coming in after the insane Fed actions of the last year and a half, it's got to be closer to 90% or even more. So at the same time, that the dollar value has gone down by over 80%, the value of gold has risen from $35 an ounce to the 1800 ish level. Now, given that we're a warfare and welfare economy, we need that free floating currency. There'd be no way to fund the military industrial complex and the permanent underclass with a currency that was tied to gold. Um, And by the way, have you seen the latest numbers about taxes? 61% of Americans... Paid no federal income tax in 2020, 61%. Now, granted, that's uh, likely just a temporary high um, just because of COVID and whatnot. In 2019, it was still around 43%. But either way, when you have half your population supporting the other half, your government must be able to create money out of thin air. And that's why we're never going to peg the dollar to gold again. Now, in the post Nixon era, our treasury easily creates as many fed finance dollars as it needs to to fund all of our social military and stimulus programs now just because the dollar uh, has lost the majority of its purchasing power doesn't mean that it can't crater even further and that's why the middle and lower class gets fucked by our system they don't even know it but the biggest thief of their wealth isn't taxes remember uh, they don't have to pay taxes Uh, And and their focus on raising the minimum wage is misguided and way too little, way too late. So the lower and the middle class people who don't own homes are the ones who are really getting killed by this system. The value of their dollars are going down faster than the value of your dollars because their rents are going up every year. You know the biggest single expense that they have is going to rise faster than their income, while you. And in your house, your house payment is locked in like virtual rent control for the next 30 years. So listen to progressive lawmakers squeal about minimum wages and climate justice and let the activists scream about tenants' rights. All this noise is happening while the middle and lower class get poorer and poorer by design of our monetary system. So anyway, where would we be if Nixon hadn't taken us off the gold standard 50 years ago? Well, your guess is pretty much as good as mine, but it's highly unlikely that we could have afforded 20 years in Afghanistan, um, three rounds of stimulus checks for everyone, whether they needed it or not. Um, so anyway, have a drink tonight and toast Richard Milhouse Nixon and get your hands on as many assets, assets as you possibly can, assets that will increase in value with inflation because it's only going to get worse And um, that's how you protect yourself. Have the assets that will increase in value as inflation destroys the value of your dollars. Okay, that's it for today. Thanks for joining me. And uh, I will talk to you next week. And remember, sign up for that BlockFi account. Link in the show notes. Talk to you next week. Nothing in this podcast is meant to be financial, legal, or tax advice. Though there's some kick-ass information here, it's for informational purposes only. Take control of your retirement planning, but get professional counsel if you need tax, legal, or financial advice. For more content like this, join my mailing list at rogueretirementlounge.com. And if you have questions about retirement investing, entrepreneurship, business, or anything else, my email address is matt at rogueretirementlounge.com.